0: I am really, uh, truly honored to be here this morning. appreciate so much that uh, Pastor Josh, who knows me so little, um, would entrust this to me. And, uh, but I have to admit, a little nervous. Um, first time ever speaking here. Um, I was in Northern Lights Youth Choir, so I have been back there, but they didn't have a mic on me. Actually... I was more the guy that moved the stage and did stuff like that, so. Um, But first time being able to speak, and so a little nervous, but um, some of you maybe should be a little more nervous, um, because I've been connected to this church for quite a while, and one of the things I love to do is use illustrations, so. I'll change names occasionally, but you may still figure out some of the references and we'll go from there. But again, just super glad to be able to share this morning. And uh, so it's the day after Christmas. And well, we're still here. Um, Singing of Silent Night is over. I'm sure it wasn't too silent yesterday morning. Um, I guess that's why they do silent night preceding Christmas. Um, Time of placing gifts under the trees, all that's gone by. But if you like to do that, um, our tree will be up until January 1st. And um, if you don't have one to put yours under, then bring them by my house. Last-minute shopping. It's all done, right? Even now, in the midst of our shopping being over that scramble, interestingly, merchants are already beginning to plan for next year. they probably leave the Christmas decorations up this time. I don't know. Um, And even children, right? Think about this. As great as yesterday was for them, they're already working on their Christmas list for next year. And the time of waiting and expectation has already begun in their hearts. And it's only 364 more days. And we'll get to remember the birth of Christ through Christmas once again. Now, I know for some of you, waiting is probably not the easiest thing. I mean, knowing that there's just 364 more days, even that uh, can be difficult. Maybe you know the type, um, leading up to Christmas, they were the ones looking under the tree trying to figure out what was under there. Maybe there was something that was wrapped in a funny shape, and so they uh, have had their eye on it, trying to... That's just a theory. I don't know if that's true for other people. It does happen in our house. Um, Maybe some um, have even nagged, right, Uh, leading up to Christmas. They knew that uh, they were expecting some great gift, and so they're kind of like, can I open it early? Maybe. How about one gift the night before Christmas, right? That's always the, the great compromise Um, in the homes leading up to Christmas. And it just seems like uh, there are those who really struggle with waiting. But I think overall, not just related to Christmas, I think overall we've become a culture. We don't like waiting, do we? Don't raise your hand, but there's a Amazon Prime, right? Two-day delivery. Come on. When was the last time they delivered in two days lately? I mean, isn't it supposed to be quick? <laughs> right? We just we have things that are they're so easy to get at in our life, so easy to come to. And and yet we find ourselves struggling to wait. And and Christmas to me is one of those times where waiting for Christmas is it's kind of like on the it's on the calendar, right? When I, when I download um, holidays in the United States onto my uh, Outlook calendar, Christmas is going to be there every time. Probably on your phones you have Christmas highlighted and starred. We know that Christmas is going to come. But, again, we, just, we struggle with that idea of waiting even when we know that it is going to come. Well, our text today isn't necessarily going to focus on our modern Christmas, but rather Christmas from 2,000 years ago when Christ the child was born in the town of Bethlehem. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 33, if you want to begin to turn there. And in this passage, it provides us with a picture of the events that are occurring during the time of the birth of Christ. And in this passage, we're about to read, Luke has captured the Lord's birth in the stable. And I think it's really great, but he continues to follow this story as Joseph and Mary, in strict adherence to the local custom and law, they relocate their child to Jerusalem and it's there in Jerusalem that Luke details the mysterious hand of God as it moves once again to fulfill Old Testament prophecy concerning the arrival of the Messiah reading from Luke chapter 2 verse 25 now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was a righteous and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you are prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. As we look at this passage of scripture this morning if there was ever a man who serves as an example of waiting on god it's simeon to understand all that simeon has been waiting for we need to understand that for generations the israelites had been hoping that a messiah would free them from oppression and would arrive and save them just like moses had done for the israelites Back in Egypt, like the rest of the nation, Simeon was waiting for the consolation, for for the comfort of Israel. But he was kind of unique in this setting, and that as we read in this passage, the Holy Spirit was upon him. See, Simeon is a temple priest, and we see that he's referred to as a righteous and devout man. And it's this fact that enables Simeon to have confidence that just as was promised to him, he would see the Messiah during his lifetime. As we just read, it, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And this was extraordinary and exciting news for everyone, but, but especially for Simeon. He's been waiting for the favor of the Lord. And to add to it, he was kind of in that unique intertestamental period along with everyone else of that day. So to put it in perspective, it had been 400 years between the concluding words of the Old Testament to the opening of the New Testament. Imagine no one has heard from god for all of those years and suddenly the holy spirit says that you simeon will not see death until and so we see this begin to unfold and we don't know um, how long that that simeon waited on this we don't have his actual age Um, We don't know what he did every day as he went to the temple or as he returned to his home, whether or not um, there were struggles with that. But Simeon had a faith, and he had a direction, and he had a hope in knowing that God would honor his words. Simeon and others like him, they patiently waited on the Lord to send his favor through this person that would become the Savior. Simeon had lived his entire life waiting for God to move just as he said he would. As believers, sometimes we ourselves have to wait on God through all that we're going through. Just as we heard in this testimony, sometimes we we'll, sometimes when we're in a hard place we want to believe we want to hold on to that hope and it can be difficult especially when all of that hope kind of relies on somebody else's opinion or um, or their direction and so we have to believe even when we can't see what that end result might look like And so I think it's appropriate that we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, um, that as we approach the waning moments of 2021, it's easy to surmise that somebody here is waiting on God to move and to do just what He's promised to do in their lives. In our passage that we're looking at today, we see that God has shown favor on Simeon. It's the same Simeon who lived in the Old Testament, but was still under the Old Testament paradigm. Note that the Bible says two things about Simeon in verse 25. First, he was a righteous and devout man, waiting for the consolation of Israel. In his role as a priest, he had been observing divine laws, and he was one who truly reverenced God and who he was. Still, he was waiting for the comfort, the solace, that only God would be able to bring to his people. Simeon understood and believed that God had promised to send a Messiah. And even in the midst of the culture of that day, he held on to that hope. He understood the world could not offer him the joy or the hope that would be lasting. Sure, the world can bring you pleasure. But there are levels of pleasure that only God can bring to each one of us. You see, the world can give us advice. But God can give us direction. The world can give you a temporary high. But God give you lasting peace the world can give you a temporary hug but god can wrap his arms around you and the world can give a few moments of happiness but god can give us ultimate joy simeon is waiting for god to send that ultimate consolation the one prophesied by the prophets of old And he himself is waiting for God to send a king, a counselor, a monarch, the truth, the way, the light. He's waiting for the Old Testament prophecy to move from words to flesh. How was he able to have that kind of faith to know that it would come to pass? As we read on in this same verse, we read that the Holy Spirit was upon him. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would fall on a man or a woman. And if you take the time to read about when the Holy Spirit is referenced throughout the Old Testament, it seems that it's primarily reserved to a limited number of people, specific people in the Old Testament, such as Moses or David. They were directed by the Holy Spirit, think of the blessings that we walk in today as believers living in the New Testament, knowing that the Holy Spirit doesn't just rest on us, but the Holy Spirit lives in us, and we're filled with the Spirit. Simeon didn't have that luxury. So here is Simeon, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, You won't see death until he, until you have seen the Messiah. Here's a few things to ponder. First off, we know from inference that Simeon must have been up in age. We don't really know when he heard this word from the Holy Spirit, but we do know that there was some time spent waiting to see the fulfillment of Israel. Still, imagine that you won't die until you see the Messiah. That's good news. When you've come to realize that the years are ticking by, what a blessing to know that you have that promise. Meanwhile, in an entirely... The whole time that... that Simeon is processing this and and seeking to understand what exactly and how exactly all of this is going to come to pass. We need to step back over and realize Mary and Joseph have just had a child in a completely different place. Completely disconnected from the world that Simeon has been living in. It's been revealed to them prior to his birth that their baby was the Son of the Most High. But apart from this, God didn't give them a handbook on how to raise the Son of God. Parents every day give birth. But how do you make the transition to raising this person that's been declared one day to be the Savior? For Joseph and Mary, all they had was the customs from their day. So 40 days after the birth of Jesus in a manger, his earthen parents, Mary and Joseph, carry their child Jesus to the temple for the customary presentation of the firstborn. This is where two amazing promises come together. Verse 27 tells us, And he, meaning Simon, came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Isn't it amazing that at the same time Simeon was inspired by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple, that at that moment, Joseph and Mary came with their infant, Jesus. I can't imagine how Simeon must have felt when he caught sight of them, realizing this infant was the Messiah. Simeon took him up in his arms and out of the overflow of his heart come these words. We've been doing a series on the early Christmas songs. Pastor Josh has been sharing the passages of Scripture. Scripture from Mary and um, all the, the different um, people that we've touched on. it, Here we find ourselves with Simeon, and he himself is overcome by the presence of Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And out of his heart comes Simeon's praise or Simeon's song. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. In these words, Simeon's revealing that salvation and truth would be available for the entire world not just for Jews, through Jesus. And that through Jesus, he would bring glory to Israel, to all people. Simeon had spent his entire life anticipating Christ's arrival. Just as Simeon was an example of staying faithful to what God had told him in a world that had largely lost hope. We as believers are called to remain faithful to Christ who has reconciled us to God and given us hope for a future with Him. As we're looking at this passage, we see for Joseph and Mary, they were simply carrying Jesus to the temple as a custom of the law. But to Simeon, this is the fulfillment of a promise. How does he respond? Well, for Simeon, all he could do was bless God. Now, typically the job of the priest when a child was brought to them was to proclaim a blessing upon that child. But how can a priest proclaim a blessing upon someone who's already blessed? The job of a priest was to consecrate the child with solemn prayers. But how can a priest consecrate someone who is already consecrated? His only option was to praise or celebrate with praises. When we've been waiting on God and when we hold on to the promise, shouldn't that be the overflow and the... The way that we respond as we celebrate the goodness of God. Shouldn't that be a natural overflow when God has come through and made good on a promise? When you've been praying for your child to turn those F's into A's. And it happens. You'll praise God. When you've been praying for a job and an application turns into a place of employment that you desperately needed, you'll praise God. When you've been praying for health and the doctor's prognosis turns into God's healing, how can you not praise when you've been hooked on drugs and messed up and tore up from the floor up, and you give your life to Jesus, how can you help but celebrate him with praises? Simeon realizes that what he's been waiting for is now in his hands. And how does he respond? Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word. To hope for so long and now to see the Savior, he knew his time was short. He says, For my eyes have seen your salvation. Throughout this series, we've studied the Christmas songs, Mary's song, Zechariah's song, the angel's song, and today's Simeon's song. Each song has been centered around one central theme, the coming of a Savior. Simeon saw that Jesus was the Savior, but to really understand this, Simeon is seeing him in infant form, still. Simeon understood 33 years before Jesus even saw the cross that he would be the Savior. He was our Savior even though he was born in a stable. And he's not just for the rich. He's for the poor too. He's not just for the educated. He's for the uneducated. He's not just for the old. He's for the young too. He's not just for the ones in multi-million dollar homes. He's for the ones who slept on the sidewalks last night. If Simeon can bless God with foresight, how much easier for us to bless God in hindsight? We should be able to bless God when we think about the cross that Jesus carried up the hill to Calvary. We should be able to bless God when we think about the nails in his hands. and even to weep for joy when we think about Him dying. And how much more so should praises flow from us like Mary, Zechariah, the angels, and Simeon when we think about how that same baby who was born in a manger got up from the grave with all power in his hand. I know that um, next week we recognize the coming of a new year. For many people, uh, we kind of look at the coming of a new year as an opportunity to make a fresh start. And... Uh, So I want to leave all of you with a challenge. I don't know if Pastor Josh will ever let me up here again. Um, So this is my one chance to leave you with something that hopefully you'll take forward from here. But my challenge to all of us is that we will choose to praise our Savior for all that he has helped us through this past year and to live with a new and refreshed hope. A hope for the coming year. That's my challenge and it's also my prayer. We can live moving forward, weighed down by all that has been, um, all that we've had to battle. And you can wake up each day and choose to dwell on what's happened and how bad it's been. Or you can choose to wake up each day and let someone dictate what you're going to be afraid of that day. Simeon made a choice based on a promise. Living in a very difficult time with lots of things against him. But he held on to the promise and he held on to the hope of knowing that God would see him through. And each one of us need to make those individual Choices in our own walk with the Lord that daily we will have the hope of knowing that Christ has overcome. And so, that is my challenge walk in the hope for the coming year. God bless you all. Thank you for your time with us this morning. God bless. Father, we thank you. You are so faithful. Your promises are true. You honor every promise. Lord, you saw Simeon through dark times. You fulfilled the promise you made in his life. Lord, among us are many people. You've made promises in their life. Maybe they haven't come to see it at this time, but Father, I pray that you would give them the strength to hold on to the hope of knowing that you will see them through to the end. Father, we commit this time to you. pray your blessing on each person who's here. In Christ's name, amen.